0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play! Full-time play. fantasy. It is
1: full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every weekday, 2 to 4. If you can't listen live, you can always check it out on demand. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. I'll have an article, should be posted shortly. was just filed to be edited on the call-ups from today, which we'll get into in just a bit. Uh, so you can read that, get my thoughts. Uh, we got the waiver wire report and uh, Dr. Auto taking a look at some Dynasty football trading and uh, another article there on tanking for tour. If you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums. And you could also check out uh, DFS, fulltimefantasy.com DFS uh, for baseball, NBA, NHL. Obviously, it's winding down, but they still have the showdown slates. And, uh, of course, Slack chat leading up to lineup block for baseball optimizer included as well so you can check all of that out now uh on the site and of course uh it's time to get a dynasty league team there's a flash sale today it's only for today until midnight if you buy a dynasty orphan you get a free three-month subscription to full-time fantasy so uh, there's already some of the orphan teams that have been discounted so this is the time to get them as we are in May Madness, uh, 17 days left, and uh, you know you get a, a potential $10,000 league prize if you have the most points and best record in your league. And you can uh, place your deposit now, 200 bucks on your world championship team, and you could be in the running for a drawing to get a free entry, which is valued at $1,795, which potentially could turn into 150 k if you win it all. So... Make sure that you get in there today, and again, uh, check out playofffwc.com. There's a icon there with the offering teams, a blue icon, and you can go through the teams. We went through a couple of them earlier. There's a couple of good ones in there with some really good core players. Obviously, some of the roster needs some work, but you take it over. You wheel and deal. You make some good draft picks. And you're on your way to the path of victory. So check it out, playffwc.com. also got startup drafts and best ball drafts as well. Let's take a look at some of the latest news. And the big news today is Keston Hura, the Brewers prospect, second baseman, getting the call. He was called up from AAA and... We knew that he would come up probably soon. We were just looking and saying, okay, where is the path to playing time? And there was a lot of talk about Travis Shaw over the last week or so. He sat all weekend. They were facing three left-handed pitchers, so they sat him. And he's just been awful this year. 163 batting average, 266 OBP, 281 slugging. I have him in one league. He was on my bench last week. He's on the bench this week. It's a 15-team league, so... I don't know if I'm going to drop them yet. I have a couple of injuries and so there are no IL spots. So probably holding from now, 10 and 12 team leagues, I think you can move on for sure. Uh, but in 15 teams, I'm probably going to hold. Now they did place him on the injury list. We didn't know what was going to happen. There was a report from Ken, Ken Rosenthal of the athletics saying that Shaw would either be placed on the injured list or he would be sent to triple A. They have placed him on the injury list with a strained right wrist. Now, You start to wonder, okay, is this real? If you remember a few days ago, Derek Holland was criticizing the Giants for putting him on the injury list, saying he wasn't hurt. Of course, he backed off those comments, saying he was frustrated. Uh, Obviously, he doesn't want to lose his job or alienate another team. But, I mean, Shaw, something wasn't right. And maybe it really was a risk. He was hit by a pitch back in April, and maybe that was lingering. Maybe not. Maybe this is the way, like, look, you need to just sit uh, get right, take a mental break. That could be it. But if Hurick comes up and hits, like many expect, I mean, they're not going to take him out of the lineup. So he's obviously going to be very expensive in fab. Uh, 333, 408, 698 slash line in the minor leagues Triple AAA this year. He had 11 home runs at four stolen bases in 37 games. He's 22 years old. He was the ninth overall pick in the 2017 draft. Now there's some concerns about his defense, but I don't think that really matters at this point for the Brewers. I mean, they were – rolling Mike Boustakas out there every day, and he was also learning, uh the position. So I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But yeah, Hero is definitely going to be highly sought after. Uh, obviously, for leagues with Fab only Sunday night, you're going to have to wait till Sunday. And the price could go up or down based on what he does. It's pro- It probably can only go up because even if he does struggle, people are still going to be in on him, no doubt. Uh, and if he does do well, and hit a couple home runs, then forget it. It's just going to drive the price up more. So I think there are going to be some people that are deterred because they got burned by some of the rookies that did not produce over the first uh, few fat periods where we saw Carter Keboom gets it down, Nate Lowe, but I don't think that can prevent you from being a little bit aggressive here. I mean, Jura definitely has a higher pedigree than them. Uh, even last year between high A and double A, He had a slash line of 293, 357, 464. So he's definitely going to be very expensive in fab this weekend. You're obviously, if you're playing in a first come first serve, uh, and you're just finding this out now, he's probably gone, but just check. You never know and make sure you pay attention uh, and get the alerts. Uh, But, you know, he should be owned at this point in most formats. And again, he's, there's no, it's not a guarantee to produce, but you got to take that shot uh, because the pedigree is there. So, He will be very expensive in fab this weekend, no question about it. But uh, he will be up to play every day. Trey Turner is going to begin a rehab assignment tonight with high A. So he's been out since April 3rd with that fractured right index finger. So he just started hitting in the cage. He's been throwing from long distance. So it's a pretty good uh, sign for him that he's able to, to play. So I'd say in about a week, people were asking me on Twitter, I said a week to two. Uh, A lot of it has to do with, you know, does he get through it fine? Is there any lingering pain? So I would say a week. They probably want to get him back ASAP because the Nationals are just playing really bad uh, baseball right now, and they need to get some wins going uh, before they fall too far behind. So that could push them a little bit to, to get him back a little bit sooner. They're also without Howie Kendrick once again. He's still battling a stiff neck. He hasn't played since Friday. So he's not in there tonight. Harado Para is playing first base for the nationals. So that just weakens the lineup even more, you know, Kendricks, another player that I picked up in top wars. I was happy to get him putting him in at the third base spot. But then again, he sat all weekend and I said, I can't wait. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be able to play this week. And uh, fortunately made the correct move in dropping him for a Diaz who did Homer for the nationals yesterday. Uh, the other prospect that came up uh, and is in the lineup right now is Oscar Mercado for the Indians. And, you know, the Indians' outfield is really bad right now. So he's going to get playing time, and he can play all three outfield positions. Uh, the Indians are currently playing right now. They're up one nothing in the fourth. We'll get you some of the stat lines of that game later on in the show. By the way, we'll be talking NBA in the next segment with Frank Stanford from FNTSY. We'll talk about the draft tonight, the Knicks, and everything going on as we get set for the conference finals, which kick off tonight, Blazers in Golden State. But Mercado, 24 years old, and uh, thought he should have been up sooner with the way that outfield was playing. He had a slash line of 294, 396, 496 in the minors with four homers and 14 stolen bases in 30 games of AAA. And stolen bases, very difficult to get off the waiver wire, so uh he'll be sought after over the weekend. And the other guy that got called up was Nicky Lopez, 24 years old for the Royals. He's going to play second base. Merrifield Merrifield's going to move to the outfield. Lopez, 3.53 average, 4.57 OBP at AAA with 3 homers and 9 steals in 31 games. I mean, he had 5 strikeouts in 138 plate appearances and 20 walks. I mean, this that's insane. He just barely swung and missed at all. So, Right there, you've got two guys that can help you in speed, where well, Ricardo Lopez and Keston Hirsch, uh clearly is the preferred option of the three, but certainly going to be a big week in VAP. Mike Clevenger threw a 20-pitch bullpen session today. He started playing catch from 90 feet earlier this month. So uh, he definitely seems like he's ahead of schedule for sure. Uh, we'll see how he feels after these, and then we'll see when he goes on a rehab assignment. So what is it? May 14th. It would be great if we got him back middle of June. I don't know if that's the target date at this point, but certainly something to keep an eye on. I know I have Clevenger in four leagues, so uh, really looking forward to, to getting him back. Could really use him. Been able to stay afloat in a couple leagues uh, without him. So just getting him back would be big. Although, uh, you know, uh, some other guys could go down before that. Uh, Julio Urias of the Dodgers, according to TMZ Sports, he was arrested Monday night in Los Angeles for an alleged domestic violence incident. So, happened in a shopping area, and I know the, the woman downplayed it. It was basically a witness called it in. So, he was allegedly arguing with the woman and before shoving her to the ground. She said it was just uh, an argument. So, who knows? Uh, We haven't seen any comments yet by baseball, all the Dodgers. Urias, obviously, has been pitching out of the pen, got a couple saves recently. So, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Don't want to speculate on that, but something to keep an eye on. Uh, D. Gordon, you know, it looked like last week he was going to be placed in the injured list. He got hit on the wrist by a pitch, looked to be in pain. Mariners, obviously, called up Shed Long and J.P. Crawford. We didn't see Gordon play for a little bit, but he did appear as a pinch runner last night. And he stole second base and scored the tying run. So that would lead me to believe he should avoid the injury list. And uh, they're just saying that he's sore and uh, that he shouldn't miss too much time. So something to keep an eye on there is uh, he should be back. And obviously, that's going to hurt one of those prospects. I would think Crawford has the better shot to stay. Uh, One thing that uh, we do in the two-star pitchers is we look for a good streamer every week. And, uh, someone that I had on the list was Ronaldo Lopez, and I don't like Ronaldo Lopez. I don't think he's that good. But what you're doing is, especially in those 15 team leagues, you're looking for someone that has two good matchups that can go out there and produce. And uh, Lopez was on there for me this week, and I only have him in one league it's a uh, draft champions league. And with the two starts and the matchups I put him in there, he was going against the Indians' offense, which we know is not very good. And Reynaldo Lopez delivered in his first start of the week. He threw seven and two-thirds innings, allowed one earned run, struck out six. Uh, With that performance, his ERA is 5.58. I mean, that's how bad he has been. But, you know, he had the two good matchups this week, and he does have a good arm. It's just he's very inconsistent. His fastball was popping yesterday, but he just gets hammered and kind of went through it and said when he has these favorable matchups, He's shown the ability to dominate, and that's what he did yesterday. I mean, he's got a 23.7% strike rate, but a 10.3% walk rate. So this is a guy that you can't count on for the entire season. He's a streamer in deeper formats, especially when he has the favorable matchup at two-star weeks, and uh, he had it yesterday and came through. Uh, He does have an 11.5% swinging strike rate, which is a career best for him, but you can just look at the game log and and see how he has fared against opponents. and In favorable matchups— He can be very productive for you. He struck out 14 Tigers in one of his recent starts uh, over six innings. Then the next start was against Boston. You don't need me to tell you how that went. It did not go well. Five innings, eight hits, six runs, two homers, three walks, six Ks. Then he was at Cleveland last week and was okay. Six innings, nine hits, three runs, one walk, two Ks, and then no decision. And then uh, pretty – not dominant but excellent start, especially when you consider Reynaldo Lopez yesterday. You know, he had a start earlier this year against the Royals, where he was six innings, five innings, one run, five Ks. Uh but he also had his first start of the year against Kansas City where he was good in New Walk four. So he's clearly a matchup play and you know, he's got a couple of weak offenses in that division that he can handle. So just make sure you're fully aware, you know, that he is a matchup play and you don't want to go too crazy with him. Really good sign here for Matt Olsen. You know, he came back recently from the broken hammade bone. And the one thing that we have seen in the past with broken handmade bones is for power hitters, it takes a while for their power to come back. And I have Olsen in two leagues, uh, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. No, actually, no, I don't have him in the league. Tout Wars and the NFBC Auction. And those are 15-team leagues where I couldn't wait for Olsen to come back. I can't like sit him on the bench. I just don't have that ability because it's a very deep format and I got a lot of other injuries. So I have to throw Olsen back in the lineup right away. And we saw a home run over the weekend and he had another home run yesterday. So that's actually pretty good. Uh you know, you don't want to go crazy over this, but he's already got two home runs since he's returned. In the minor leagues he got off to a slow start. I think he did a home run in one of his last two games in his minor league rehab stand, but uh, this is now two homers in two games for Olsen. He homered on Sunday and last night. Certainly a good sign here as he returned on May 7th and uh, has got six hits since coming back, including those two home runs. So it's a really good sign if you're a Matt Olsen owner because I don't think many of us predicted that the power would be back uh, so quickly. Uh, Shohei Otani, he also homered yesterday, and you know he's really going to be uh, an asset for those that were able to hold on to him. And how about Tommy LaStella, man? Unbelievable. Tenth home run of the season yesterday. He's batting 272 on the season. We've never seen this from Listella. And this is why sometimes when you see these players get off to hot starts, you got to buy in quick. And some of them are going to fade, and you're going to get rid of them. But you could have gotten Tommy LaStella for really cheap. I mean, I know I did in an NFBC auction, but unfortunately it was last Monday, not this, not yesterday, the week before, he was hurt over the weekend. And I didn't know if he was going to play, and I had to cut him. He's got 10 home runs. He had one last year in 123 games. Five in 73 games in 2017. We've never seen this type of power from him before at all. But we know that the ball is different. And he's not striking out at all. He's making a lot of contact. And uh, he's driving the ball too. We never used to see him hit fly balls. He's at 38% and hitting the ball hard. So... He might still be available in some leagues, but you probably missed the best of the uh, good part, but this is why you buy in early. When we return, I'll be joining Frank Stample of FNTSY. We're going to talk the NBA with him. Draft lottery tonight and conference finals kicking off. We'll discuss with him next.
0: In this league. If someone wanted to tell me that Civil War was better than Endgame, I'd be
1: hard to argue that. I really would. Because Civil War is incredible. It's a a highly loved comic book series
2: that they did. And, I mean, they've even you know gone to, like, a Civil War 2. It was a great movie. It was like like Avengers. What
0: happens in Civil War 2? I don't know. I don't don't have it. I'm still finishing House of M right now. What happens in House of M? Is Magneto okay? He's great. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
1: It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Time now to talk some NBA, and to do that, we bring in Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up?
2: Ronis, what's going on, buddy? How's everything going? Uh,
1: could be better. How about you? Why
2: well, could be better? What's going on with you? You all right? You want to talk about it? I got it?
1: some pain. I got some pain, You got man. some pain?
2: You want me You want me to come rub you down?
1: Uh, not you. Can you send someone else?
2: You want me to send some chocolate cake?
1: <laughs> yeah, do that. Can you, Do you have that ability?
2: H- how's your dating life going right now, Ronas, if you don't mind me asking? I feel like it always uh, changes every time I talk to you.
1: I, I've been with someone now for uh, more than six months.
2: Wow, look at this guy. Six months. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty and good.
1: And we're going away next month.
2: I'm, I'm going on six years here, Ronas. I'm starting to plan a wedding.
1: Oh. Yeah, that's true. When, it, when is the wedding planned for Do we have a date?
2: Uh, we're looking at July 2021.
1: Okay, so there's still time for you to back out.
2: <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> that's not happening. Come on, Rodas. No, it's not. <laughs> don't, you're stuck. Don't be, a, don't be a bad influence. Come on.
1: That's true. Oh, that's true. No, you're happy, right? That's what it's all about. I'm very happy. But, uh, yeah, I'm going away next month. I'm going to Barcelona and Ibiza.
2: Barcelona? What are you going to do out there? Go watch some soccer?
1: Uh, probably not, but, but uh, I've heard it, it's good. Ibiza
2: is a crazy party island, man. I don't even know where that is. Where is that? Where's Ibiza? Oh, that's part of Spain it's as like, well? Yeah. I didn't even, honestly, geography, not my thing, Ronus. Honestly, I, I wouldn't have been able to guess where Ibiza was, but it looks beautiful, though. Have fun, man.
1: So we'll see if we. You dropped there for a second, but conference finals getting set to start tonight as we got Portland and Golden State squaring off as the Warriors are seven and a half point favorites for tonight. Frank, are you there?
2: Yeah, what's going on, Ronas? Yeah, i What's here. up, man? Yeah, we got disconnected okay. a little bit there.
1: I um, wanted to ask you if you were wearing your diaper tonight as a Knicks fan.
2: <laughs> I don't know if I'm wearing my diaper, but uh might have to light some candles or something. Got to pray to the basketball gods, man. Uh, really, really stressful situation, obviously, going on. Everyone's already talking about what the Knicks are going to do if they get the pick. Oh, They're going to trade it for A.D., well, how about they get the pick first? All right, come on, guys. Let, like let's let's not jump ahead of ourselves here. But yeah, obviously this is one of the biggest draft lotteries um, in my lifetime. Obviously for you know any Knicks fans out there. I mean, and you know Suns fans and Cavs fans too. You know, the, I don't know that there's been a player as hyped up uh, on like in Zion Williamson uh, since LeBron. I don't know that there's really been a player this hyped up. So uh, good luck to anybody uh, who's out there trying to win the draft lottery. But man, big night here in New York. Uh, you can, you can feel the tension, Ronis.
1: What will you be doing when you watch this uh, draft?
2: I don't know. Closing my eyes? I don't even know <laughs> if I'm going to be able to watch it, man. Uh, it's so stressful. I, I, don't, I don't have any like um, superstitions or any kind of, I don't know, luck things that I'm trying out tonight. I'm, I'm just going to sit back and watch, man. See what happens. Uh, they just got to get past the fifth pick. I know that's the big one. The fifth pick is they have like a 48.9% chance of, of landing the fifth pick. I don't really understand how the draft lottery works, and it's kind of confusing, but I don't know how the team that's the worst team in the NBA, they have a 48% chance of getting the fifth pick, and it's like a... It's like twelve, thirteen, fourteen percent for like each successive pick after that. 4-3-2-1. So they gotta get past five. That's the big one right there.
1: Yeah, I mean they've obviously changed the format to prevent tanking, but it's never gonna work. I Every mean, team's team still going tank. Man. Like, yeah. look,
2: look at the roster the Cleveland Cavs were putting out there on a nightly basis. Like, even the Phoenix Suns, they had the number one pick last year in Aiton. De- Devin Booker is always banged up, and they just fired their coach. Like, that's a mess of an organization. Every single year they put together a terrible team. So. I don't know. I, I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't think that the tanking is going to stop, no matter what you put in place. But of course, the year that the Knicks do tank, this is the year that they change it, where the, the, the bottom three teams all have the same odds: fourteen percent of winning the number one pick. So let's see what happens. Are you rooting for the Knicks tonight or what?
1: Oh yeah. Um, look, I don't really have an NBA team, and we had like a big argument in the first segment about allegiances to teams. Like I'm a person who feels like you have a team and stick with it. Like you shouldn't bail. Just because, like, I've seen a lot of Giants fans over the last month or two, like, give up on them. And it's like, wh- okay, I understand you don't like management, but you know how many teams have to deal with this? I mean, you're a Jets fan. You know. I'm a Mets fan. Like, you deal with poor management all the time. If we had that excuse to abandon our team, how many teams are going to have no fans? I mean, you you, know the struggles as a Knicks fan.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and, and you kind of hit it there. I mean, it's, it's multiple franchises. It's not just one. And just because the Giants are going through some dark days now, like, it, it still could be worse. I heard you talking about it. They won, they won two Super Bowls. Most people have seen two Super Bowls in their lifetime as a Giants fan. So what are you going to do, jump ship now just because they're doing things that you don't like? It doesn't work that way. I, I've, I haven't seen a Jets Super Bowl in my lifetime. You know, um, you know imagine if you're a, you're, a, you're a Jets, Knicks, Mets fan. I mean, oh, your boy. whole life has yeah. just been a disaster. So, you can't jump ship.
1: I don't. Look, fans can do whatever they want. I just don't like when you see all these front runners. It's just because their team is bad. You know, that's part of what makes winning a championship eventually, you hope. Like, can you imagine as a Jets fan, what it would be like to win a Super Bowl? Like, all those years of frustration just bottled up and coming out in a parade. I know you're like, oh, I wish. And you imagine it, but... That's why the experience of a fan is so great is when your team finally does win.
2: Ronus, I can't even imagine that. Like, you, like even saying the words, Jets win Super Bowl out loud, like, you can't even imagine that happening. So, yeah, it, it would be super special. I mean, honestly, growing up, like, the Knicks were my team. Like, basketball is my favorite sport growing up. Like, that would be the one that meant the most. Like, they haven't won uh, a championship since you know, 1973. uh, you know they've only had like a few playoff appearances since like the turn of the millennium. It's just, it's been a disaster in New York. It's constantly trading for for aging veterans and and the mellow situation and it's just been a mess. Like the whole since the turn of the millennium, Ronis, it's been a it's been a mess for the Knicks. And for once, there's hope. So let's see if they can capitalize.
1: A lot of people feel that the Knicks are going to get this number one pick because they're saying the NBA wants the Knicks to do well and look at the other teams, Phoenix and Cleveland. Not the most appealing spot from a marketing media perspective. As a pessimistic Knicks fan, I don't think you feel that way, right?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm 100% expecting the fifth pick tonight, by the way. like Cam Reddish is pretty much locked in to be a New York Knicks already this season. Um, but... Yeah, like, from that perspective, if they if they want them to be in a major media market, obviously, like, there's no bigger place than, than New York, and I'm pretty sure you could say this about the Cowboys, too, and, like, very polarizing teams in any sport, like, when the Cowboys are good, it's good for football, like, people either love to love the Cowboys or hate the Cowboys, and, like, the Knicks, for a long time, they've been kind of a joke, they've been, like, the laughingstock of the NBA, but... When the Knicks are good, man, like that's really, really good for the NBA and good for basketball overall. I mean, they call the Garden the mecca of, of basketball, and there hasn't really been meaningful basketball there in, in, what, 20 years? So we'll see what happens. But I, I do have to agree, look, if the, if, the Knicks are just, uh, if the NBA is looking at this from like a marketing perspective, uh, yeah, there's no place better for Zion to be than the Knicks.
1: Talking to Frank Stample of FNTSY, talking some NBA I know you don't want to jump ahead that far, but we have seen some reports. If the Knicks do get the number one pick and you had the ability to trade for Anthony Davis, would you do it?
2: I would do it. It obviously depends what the cost is. I was just talking to a few guys down here um, about this. If they have to give up Zion, Kevin Knox, and Mitchell Robinson, to me, Ronis, that's just too much. And I understand you're getting a top 10 NBA player in return, but... The upside of having Zion is just tantalizing. And then Kevin Knox was just a top-ten pick last year, and they'd be throwing him in the deal too. And Mitchell Robinson. I mean, Mitchell Robinson outplayed Kevin Knox last year, and he was a second-round pick. So that, that, that would be a lot to give up. I know they have, like, the Dallas Mavericks picks as well. Uh, but in a vacuum, I wouldn't hate doing that because as much upside as Zion Williamson has like you're getting a guaranteed top 10 player in the NBA right now when he's on the court I know that he has injury concerns but there's no doubting the talent of an Anthony Davis and if you get him on the team obviously it's easier to attract other free agents you know Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving whatever it might be uh, but I, I would make the deal at the right cost I, I don't want to have to give up like three of their young studs and draft picks that would just seem a little ridiculous for honest.
1: Well, Vegas is in the indication. The Knicks are getting some good players. They are 16-1 to favorites to win the title next season, which is (laughs) unbelievable. And ESPN's Stephen A. Smith said there's a 95% chance that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant sign with the Knicks. You'd be happy with those two coming over?
2: I mean, (laughs) uh, define happy. Yeah, of course I would. Look, look, you take the talent, but... There are obviously question marks when it comes to both of those guys. How many times did I come on here, Ronus, and we talk about you know Durant being a head case and not talking to the media? I mean, what do you think is going to happen when he's in New York? He's going to have to answer questions every single night. And not only that, you have someone in Kyrie Irving who wanted to leave LeBron so that he could be the face of his own team, and then when he did it, like everything went south. Like This year for Boston, this was a wash. This year was a wash for them. I mean, they had all the talent in the world, And it never really clicked. And at the forefront of that was Kyrie Irving. So I think that there would be some issues with, like, chemistry and, you know, if the Knicks don't win right away, like, everyone's going to start writing and we're going to get all this chatter. And things could potentially go south with those two guys. But I think any time you have the chance to get talent like that, you can't really pass up on it.
1: Yeah, I think Durant might not be that happy in Golden State either. Uh maybe the whole thing with Draymond, whatever it is, I mean, clearly. And now he gets to go to a team and be the guy. You know, he's not the guy there in Golden State. I mean, yeah, he's the best player, but there's still Curry and there's Clay, as we saw, without him. So I think he comes to New York, he gets to be the guy. Pretty much no matter who they bring in,
2: he's the guy. Do you do you think he wants to be the guy, though, Ronis? That's the question, because he had the opportunity well, if he signed, to if be he the does... guy in Oklahoma City, and he didn't capitalize well, it. He's one of these guys, Ronis, where... He wants to get all the accolades when he wins, but when they don't win, he can't handle the criticism. And I don't know if that's fair to say, but it seems like we have a a large enough sample size with Kevin Durant at this point that that's the type of player that he is.
3: Well,
1: he's already won a ring, might win another this year. So you come to the Knicks, it's like, all right, I got, that's probably what he wanted. I mean, I didn't like what he did leaving the Thunder when they were so close to beating Golden State, but he got his rings now. So now you got to think the primary goal is A couple things. Number one, you turn New York into a championship contender. And if you ever win a title there, you will be hailed forever in this city. It's also marketing. I I see he wants to be like a billionaire. You come to New York, you're able to do so many other things. And you are the guy here. You know, he was not not really the guy with the thunder because he had Westbrook. And he's not the guy in Golden State. He comes to New York, he is the guy. He can jack up his shots. Now... Even if they bring in Kyrie. I mean, I think it's Durant's team.
2: It depends on what his motivation is, Vronis. like, if he still wants to win, why would he come to the Knicks? Uh, let's be honest. That just doesn't make sense. But if he wants to make money, if he wants to be able to market himself, if he cares about legacy, that's the big one. If he wants to leave behind a legacy, because I agree with you. If he came here, even if he didn't win a championship, I mean, that would, honestly, I mean, that would, that would suck, first of all. But... Even if he made them into a perennial like, Eastern Conference semifinal team, like make the championship a few times, like, he would be remembered for that too, just to like, revitalize the city and, and get New York basketball back on the map. So if he cares about legacy, if he cares about marketing, making money, then sure, New York might be the place for him. But if he wants to win, I don't see why New York would be at the top of his list.
1: That is true because right now they're far from winning, but he thinks he could be instrumental. Uh, Let's look ahead to the conference finals. Kicking off tonight, Golden State in Portland. Does Portland have a shot to win the
2: series? I think they do have a shot. I think they have a puncher's chance here. I was actually a little bit surprised at the odds when I looked at the series number here. Uh, Portland's getting – they're plus 390 right now. Golden State minus 550 to win this on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, I thought it would be a little bit closer than that. Uh, Portland has given Golden State some trouble in the past, and Damian Lillard specifically has given them some trouble in the past. I believe he has a 50-point game against them. Uh, I looked into his career splits versus team, and he doesn't—he averages more points against the Golden State Warriors than any other team in his career. He averages 27 points per game against the Warriors in his career. So for whatever reason, he—he's—he's he's had their number. They're playing without Durant. CJ McCollum is clicking right now. Um, they're playing. With their backs against the wall. I, I mean I really do think that they have a puncher's chance. I don't think that this is just uh alright, well it's you know four to one, four to two. I think the series goes seven games. I think it's gonna be close, Ronis.
1: Seven games, really? I
2: think so. I really do.
1: You want Golden State to lose, don't you?
2: <laughs> um Sure. I mean, yeah, at this point, like I thought Houston had a good chance, obviously the position that they were in playing against the but, How
1: pathetic was Houston not winning game 6 man.
2: Yeah, I mean that was a huge letdown. Like you had you had such a huge opportunity there. And I'll tell you the reason why. Obviously like Steph Curry going off going off for 30 in the second half.
1: He had zero like, in the first half.
2: Yeah, I mean that was huge but to give up big games to role players that we're not used to seeing out of Golden State. Like, to give up 14 points to Kevon Looney, to give up 11 to Livingston, to give up 17 to Iguodala. I know Iguodala is like a former Finals MVP, whatever, but when you give up those type of performances to role players on Golden State that are not named Clay Thompson, not named Draymond Green, you deserve to lose that game, Ronus.
1: So, I'm sure tonight then you're you're taking Portland getting seven and a half, right?
2: Yeah, I like that. I think it's a close game. I think this is a close game through and through, and I think it's a close series and and it's not just oh, I want Golden State to lose. If you watch Portland play right now, they're playing with pride. They really are like they're playing for their coach and Terry Stotts. Uh, they, everyone's been doubting them, the first two series here. I mean, uh, most people pick uh, Denver to win that series. It went seven games. Uh, both of these teams have played 12 games each already in the playoffs, too, so it's not that one team has more advantage than the other. I think they're in a good spot to compete here. Compete, that's the word. I think they keep this close, Ronis.
1: I like Golden State tonight, 7.5. All the public money's on Portland, man, and I think people are getting suckered in.
2: Don't say that. Come on, Ronis. <laughs> I do. Have a little I think... faith in Portland. Come on, man.
1: I Look, they just played two games ago. It was a grueling Game 7. Again, I think people forgot how good Golden State is without Kevin Durant. I mean, Klay Thompson has had to basically defer. And when you put Klay Thompson in the spot where he's jacking up 25, 30 shots, you see how good he is. So,
2: don't you worry And Portland's about the lack a little banked depth? up. Don't you worry about the lack of depth? Portland has a lack of
1: depth, too. I mean, we don't know how healthy Rodney Hood is. Enos Kanter can can't even drink during uh, daylight hours because he's uh, observing Ramadan. Yeah, but He's they, banked up.
2: The, the the Blazers have had some good performances from unlikely guys like Evan Turner. I mean, everyone's trying to play up like the Seth Curry versus Steph Curry. I, I don't think that really matters much, but the, the the Blazers have gotten some some solid contributions from role players on their team. Alfuruk Aminu has played well, Mo Harkless has played well. Not that they're lighting up the scoreboard, but like they do the little things. They rebound, they defend. And you have a tandem in Lillard and CJ McCollum that I think can actually rival or or somewhat keep up with with Steph Curry and Clay.
1: It concerns me when the public money is that much in one direction for tonight. So uh, I hear you on that. I got a Golden State minus seven and a half tonight. Uh, who wins Milwaukee-Toronto? I'm sure you're going to take Milwaukee, but what about Toronto's chances?
2: Yeah, I think it's a close series as well. I, I think these teams are mirror images of themselves. Uh, Durant is going to give... Kawhi problems and, and vice Durant.
1: versa. Durant, oh, look at you. You already got the Knicks <laughs> in your head.
2: Giannis. Giannis is going to give uh, Kawhi issues and, and vice versa, but I had Golden State and the Bucks as my uh, my finals prediction before this before it started, and I'm sticking with that.
1: Frank Chalk Stanfield as That's always. That's right. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Frank, man. We'll talk again soon. As, uh, hopefully, we get some good games here in the conference finals.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Ronan.
0: anytime and anywhere. Fantasy Sports Today. There's no commitment that needs to be made. You just need to show up. That doesn't have to be a story. You don't have to tell me how you're committed to the mandatory minicamp. If you don't show up for the mandatory minicamp, that's problems. Fines, and it means that you want to do your own thing and you don't care about the team. They don't criticize you, but not for the voluntary stuff. I I just have to be there. If the NFLPA and the league negotiate it, what Tom Coughlin did was wrong, and anything other than what Adam Gase said would be wrong, in my opinion. Saturdays, 8 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Back
1: here it is Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, there's a flash sale that ends at midnight. You can buy an orphan dynasty team and get three months free to Full-Time Fantasy and access to the Preseason Pro. That's where the high-stakes winners can give you their one sleeper, bust, breakout, and stash picks, which usually come around early August, so make sure you check it out today. Uh, head on over to PlayFFWC.com. I also retweeted the link. It's on my Twitter, at Adam Ronis. So make sure you check it out and take advantage of it. There's some pretty good teams there, so uh, check it out uh, today. Uh, also, you can check me out at FullTimeFantasy.com. I have an article up looking at some of the top prospects that were called up, including Hira, what to expect from them. So that is up on the site now. And if you have any specific questions ad drops, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums at fulltimefantasy.com. Want to make it rain like Kawhi? Go to pointsbet.com grid and open up a PointsBet sports wagering account and enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBet also offers its own betting concept where customers are rewarded by how much they win their bet. For example, if you bet the New York Giants minus three and they cover the spread by seven points, you'll receive seven times your stake. That's pointbet.com GRID. Enter promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets up to $1,000 today. All right, some uh, other news today. The Cubs, uh, they are still without Anthony Rizzo. Remember, he didn't play Sunday. Due to a back soreness, and uh, he's also out of the lineup again tonight. So uh, unfortunate there. It doesn't sound like it's too serious. And remember, he's kind of had this before uh, over the years. Uh, we saw Christian Yelich have it recently, and he, did, you know, he didn't go on the injured list. Uh, so it's still back tightness for Rizzo. So he's going to sit there. Uh, but I guess there is still a shot that he goes on the injury list because he didn't play Sunday, so they could always backdate it. They were off yesterday, so uh, tricky decision of what to do in a weekly league where you have to lock your players in at first pitch since the Cubs didn't play yesterday. I would wait until the lineup block for his game and see if we get any further news. Maybe uh, after talking to reporters, they give us a little bit more detail. Uh, I don't have Rizzo in any leagues this year, so I really can't tell you an example for myself of what I would do, based on what we know now, I'd lean towards putting him in there. But I think uh, let's see if we get any more further news uh, that lets us know whether a deal stint is possible. And sometimes these things are tricky with a back. They could say, "Yeah, he's fine. We expect him back tomorrow." And then tomorrow it could be better or it could be worse. And they go, "Yeah, well, you know what? We're we don't want to play shorthanded for another couple of days, so we'll backdate it." So it's always a tricky situation. Uh, sometimes we just misread this situation. The only thing you can do is, with the information at hand, make the best decision possible. So as of this minute, I'd say, yeah, you, you can get him in there and start him. Now, an NFBC league may be more tricky because you can change your lineup on Friday. You already know he's going to miss today. So if he misses tomorrow, then it's one game. So in that situation, I could see potentially betting him, uh, benching him if you have a better alternative. And it might be tough in a 15-team league. 12-team league, you might have the ability to do that one game this afternoon Indians lead the White Sox 5 to nothing this is in the top of the 5th and the Indians actually just added uh, another run uh, so they are now up 6 nothing as Manny Benuelos left this game with the White Sox for an injury please don't I hope you were not using him even at AL only he's been terrible but he did get pulled here in the 5th inning with an injury Uh, For the Indians, Perez with his fifth home run. Bowers his fourth. And Jordan Luplo with his third. Bowers also stole a base as third. He got caught stealing as well. Second time he's been caught stealing. Jason Kipnis, two for three with an RBI. Uh, Oscar Mercado making his debut 0 for 2 with two strikeouts so far. And for the White Sox, uh, Charlie Tilson in that leadoff spot. He does have a hit. Tim Anderson is 13 stolen base. Carlos Carrasco on the mound for the Indians. He's thrown four scoreless innings. He's allowed five hits, walked none, struck out four, 68 pitches, 46 for strike. So certainly in a good position to get a win as long as he doesn't blow this game and pitch pretty well the rest of the way. All right, let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. The Orioles in New York take on the Yankees, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Is the game time start? They were postponed yesterday due to unplayable field conditions. Ton of rain in New York since Saturday night, Uh, even raining today as well. Uh, I think they get the game in, but there uh, there definitely is some rain in the area. For the Orioles leading off, Jonathan VR at second base. Dwight Smith Jr. is in left field, batting second. Trey Mancini is in right field, hitting third. Renato Nunez, the DH, hitting cleanup. Joey Rickard in center field, batting fifth. Hanser Alberto at third base, hitting sixth. Chris Davis, the first baseman, batting seventh. Andrew Severino is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Richie Martin at shortstop. He is batting ninth. For the Yankees, uh, by the way, the pitching matchup, Andrew Kashner against Jay Happ. DJ LeMay, who leading off at second base. Luke Voigt at first base, hitting second. Aaron Hicks will make his season debut. He was slated to hit leadoff yesterday, but they put him third tonight. He's playing center field. Gary Sanchez is the catcher, hitting cleanup. Gleyber Torres at shortstop, hitting fifth. Clint Frazier, the DH, hitting sixth. Brett Gardner in left field, hitting seventh. Gio Ursula at third base, hitting eighth. And Ursula is going to get... More of an opportunity here. He's hit well, and Miguel Andujar placed on the injury list, and you've got to wonder about the rest of the season for him. Will they now send him for surgery? He came back and just did not look good playing through that partial tear in his shoulder, so uh, there's a good chance that maybe he gets that surgery. Uh, you probably want to hold on if you have him just to see what happens, but uh, I don't think you can expect much from him. Cameron Mabins in right field. He's hitting ninth for the Yankees. The Cubs are taking on the Reds at 6.40 p.m. Eastern, so it's not on the main slate. Uh, Kyle Hendricks against Tanner Roark for the Cubs. Jason Hayward leading off in right field. Chris Bryant getting the start at first base with Anthony Rizzo out again with the back soreness. Javier Baez at shortstop hitting third. Wilson Contreras is the catcher hitting cleanup. Kyle Schwarber in left field hitting fifth. David Bode at third base hitting sixth. Daniel Discaso at second base hitting seventh. Albert Armora in center field, hitting eighth. And Kyle Hendricks on the mound, hitting ninth. For the Reds, Nick Senzel in center field, leading off. Uh, Joey Votto at first base, hitting second. Eugenio Suarez at third base, hitting third. Jesse Winker in left field, hitting cleanup. Yasiel Puig in right field, hitting fifth. Derek Dietrich at second base, hitting sixth. Jose Iglesias, the shortstop, hitting seventh. Tanner Roark on the mound, hitting eighth. And Tucker Barnhart, the catcher, hitting ninth. So once again, Jose Peraza out of the lineup. And he looks like a guy that... Might lose some at-bats. Derek Dietrich's been hitting. He's on fire, so he's playing second. And they seem uh, like they want to keep Iglesias at short. So uh, not good for Peraza, who really had a good second half last year with some pop and some speed. The Mets are in Washington to take on the Nationals. Noah Syndergaard against Jeremy Hellickson. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil leading off in left field. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop hitting second. Robinson Canels at second base hitting third. Pete Alonso at first base hitting cleanup. Michael Conforto in right field hitting fifth. Wilson Ramos, the catcher, hitting sixth. Brandon Nimmo in center field, hitting seventh. Todd Frazier is the third baseman, hitting eighth. And Noah Syndergaard on the mound, batting ninth. For the Nationals, Adam Eaton leading off in right field. Victor Robles in center field, hitting second. Juan Soto in left field, hitting third. Anthony Rendon at third base, hitting cleanup. Gerardo Power at first base, hitting fifth. Brian Dozier, the second baseman, hitting sixth. Jan Gomes is catching, hitting seventh. Wilmer Defoe at shortstop, hitting eighth. Jeremy Hellickson on the mound. Hitting ninth. The Brewers in Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. It'll be Brandon Woodruff against Gerard Eikhoff. Both guys throwing very well right now. But uh, certainly two good offenses in a good hitting environment. Lorenzo Cain leading off in center field. Christian Yelich is in right field hitting second. Ryan Braun back in the lineup. He pinch hit yesterday. Remember he was dealing with some hamstring sort of. So he's back in the lineup in left field hitting third. Mike Moustakis, the third baseman, hitting cleanup. Jesus Aguiar at first base hitting fifth. Yasmani Grandal, the catcher, hitting six. Keston Hira making his Major League debut. He'll be playing second base tonight and hitting seventh. Orlando is the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Brandon Woodruff on the mound, hitting ninth. For the Phillies, Andrew McCutcheon in left field leading off. Gene Cigar is the shortstop, hitting second. Bryce Harper in right field, hitting third. Reese Hoskins at first base, hitting cleanup. JT Romuto, the catcher, hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez, who homered yesterday, he's at second base, hitting sixth. Odobel Herrera is in center field, hitting seventh. Mikael Franco is at third base, hitting eighth. And Gerard Eikhoff on the mound, batting ninth for the Phillies. The Rays in Miami to take on the Marlins. Charlie Morton against Caleb Smith. Now, remember, no DH today for Tampa Bay. Austin Meadows is getting the day off against the lefty. And Caleb Smith has just been phenomenal this year. I mean, when you're 3-0 for the Marlins, you know you're pitching well. So... Offensive run support, always a concern, but uh, Kayla Smith's just been dominant this year. For the Rays, Andy Diaz leading off at third base. Tommy Pham's in left field, hitting second. Daniel Robertson's at second base, hitting third. Of Sale Garcia in right field, hitting cleanup. Travis Darno hitting fifth for the Rays. So they just traded for him from the Dodgers. Obviously, have some injuries at the catcher position with Nino going in the injured list, But Darno getting the fifth spot in the lineup against the lefty. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting sixth. Willie Adamas, the shortstop hitting seventh. G-Man Choi playing first base bats eighth. And Charlie Wharton on the mound hitting ninth. For the Marlins, John Birdie leading off in center field. Brian Anderson's at third base, batting second. Neil Walker is at first base, hitting third. Starlin Castro, the second baseman, hitting cleanup. Garrett Cooper is in right field batting fifth. Jorge Alfaro is the catcher hitting sixth. Harold Ramirez. He was recently called up. Uh, we did, we talked about him, I think, yesterday a little bit. Huh, he's in left field batting seventh. Miguel Rojas, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Caleb Smith on the mound, hitting ninth for the Marlins tonight. The Rockies are in Boston. Uh, interleague series here. Kyle Freeland against Chris Sale for the Rockies. Charlie Blackman leading off in right field. Trevor Story's at shortstop, hitting second. Nolan Arenado's at third base, hitting third. Mark Reynolds at first base hitting cleanup. So once again, Daniel Murphy sitting against the lefty. Rockies have five games this week, too. So something to keep in mind. We've seen Murphy sitting a lot against lefties lately. Uh, certainly a little bit of a concern here, too. And maybe they're trying to preserve his health. Ramel Tappy is in left field hitting fifth. Ian Desmond is the DH hitting sixth. David Dolls in center field hitting seventh. Chris Iannetta, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Pat Valaika at second base hitting ninth. They just called him up and set Garrett Hampson down to the minor league. So... Tough break. Hampson was drafted the highest among those middle infielders for Colorado. A lot of people thought he would rack up the stolen bases, especially playing in Coors Field, but he hasn't really got much of an opportunity. And when he has, he has not produced, so they set him down in the minor league so he can play every day. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi he leads it off playing left field. Luki Betts in center field batting second. J.D. Martinez in right field hitting third. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting cleanup. Rafael Devers at third base hitting fifth. Michael Chavis at second base hitting sixth. Steve Pierce is in the lineup tonight, playing first base, batting seventh. Eduardo Nunez, the DH, hitting eighth, and Sandy Leon at catcher, hitting ninth. The Astros taking on the Tigers 7-10 p.m. Eastern are to be Wade Miley against Ryan Carpenter. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum leads it off in left field. He was robbed of a home run yesterday by George Springer. Brandon Dixon, the DH, hitting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting third. Miguel Cabrera at first base hitting cleanup. Uh, Rodriguez at shortstop hitting fifth. He's been pretty good. Uh, Added him in tout Wars two weeks ago for two bucks. Josh Harrison's the second baseman hitting sixth. Gordon Beckham's the third baseman hitting seventh. Grayson Griner's the catcher hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field batting ninth. The Cardinals in Atlanta to take on the brave. Jack Flaherty against Mike fulton who has really struggled this year. Uh, Obviously had that injury. For the Cardinals, Matt Carpenter at third base leading it off. Paul Goldschmidt at first base hitting second. Paul DeYoung at shortstop hitting third. Marcelo Zuna in left field hitting cleanup. Jose Martinez in right field hitting fifth. So they basically have uh, pretty much playing Martinez every day in right field. Uh, We knew that he could hit, and it was a matter of defense. They have said they feel like his defense is improving. So Martinez uh, in that lineup every day and a really good hitter. Yadier Molina is the catcher hitting sixth. Dexter Fowler in center field batting seventh. Colton Wong at second base, hitting eighth, and Flaherty on the mound, batting ninth, so Harrison Bader out of the lineup. For the Braves, Ronald Acuna leads it off in left field. Dansby Swanson's at shortstop, hitting second. Freddie Freeman at first base, hitting third. Josh Donaldson at third base, in the cleanup spot. Nick Marcakis in right field, hitting fifth. Ozzie Albies is the second baseman, hitting sixth. Brian McCann, the catcher, hitting seventh. Ender Isiciardi in center field, hitting eighth. And Fultoniewicz on the mound, hitting ninth. The Angels in Minnesota take on the Twins. Cam Pedrojia will be the opener. Felix Peña, though, will follow him. Kyle Gibson on the mound for the Twins. Tommy Lestell leading off at third base. He's on fire. Hit home run number 10 yesterday. Mike Troutson in center field, hitting second. Shohei Ohtani, the DH, hitting third. Anderson Simmons at shortstop, hitting cleanup. Albert Poulos at first base, hitting fifth. Brian Goodwin in right field, hitting sixth. Jonathan LaCroix catching in the seventh spot. Luis Renfigo at second base hitting eighth, and David Fletcher in left field, batting ninth. Max Kepler is in right field, leading off for the Twins. Jorge Polanco at shortstop, hitting second. Mitch Garver, the catcher, hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field, batting cleanup. Once again, Nelson Cruz out of the lineup. C.J. Cron is at first base, hitting fifth. Marwan Gonzalez at third base, hitting sixth. Williams Estadillo is the DH, hitting seventh. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton, he's in center field, batting ninth for the Minnesota Twins, who are playing really good baseball right now. Texas and Kansas City, it'll be Shelby Miller against Danny Duffy. Whit Merrifield in right field, leading it off. Nicky Lopez just called up. He's playing second base, and they move him to the two-spot in the lineup. Alberto Montesi, the shortstop, hitting third. Alex Gordon in left field, building cleanup. Hunter Dozier at third base, hitting fifth. Jorge Soler is the DH, hitting sixth. Ryan O'Hearn is the first baseman, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher hitting 8th, and Billy Hamilton in center field hitting ninth. By the way, Jordan Luplow just went deep again, his second home run of the game, as the Indians now lead the White Sox 7 nothing. top of the 6th. So certainly good news if you uh, have Carlos Carrasco on the mound today because he has a 7-run lead. And uh, finally uh, getting some production out of that outfield. Luplow we've seen in there against uh, some left-handed pitchers, and with Mercado up, going to be interesting to see how they kind of distribute the playing time. Definitely not a good sign here for... Carlos Gonzalez, who they gave a shot to and he just hasn't hit. And, uh, you know, I did pick him up in Top Wars a couple weeks ago where I was hurt for offense and uh, wound up cutting him over the weekend. Just he hasn't been getting it done. Obviously, on the road, when he was outside of course, he never really produced and struggled against left-handed pitching and uh, his OBP was low. So it wasn't looking like a, a good shot for cargo to stick. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, they get rid of him at this point. I, I don't see the need to keep him around, you know, give some of these other guys an opportunity to play, especially with a guy like Mercado, Mercado, who you just called up and I know struck out in his first two at-bats, but certainly give him the opportunity there to see what he can do and maybe inject a spark into this offense because we know the pitching is good, especially when they get some of these uh, uh, pitchers healthy with Clevenger and uh, Kluber, who we're not even sure, though, if he pitches this year. Uh, by the way, uh, Aaron Boot said that an MRI on Miguel Andujar's shoulder was about the same as it was before so he's got a torn right labrum and it hasn't gotten worse but it's not gotten better and it was clear from the way we saw and play so they're going to have uh they're going to decide whether he needs surgery or not or whether they're going to just let him rehab so if you do have him, i'd say just hold on see what the decision is obviously if they decide to go for surgery it's an easy decision you can cut him. And even if he goes for rehab, you might want to cut him. So just wait and see what they do and then make the decision. Again, uh, make sure you check out our flash sale for the Dynasty Orphan Leaks tonight. Head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com, and you can get a discount on an orphan team and also get three months free to Full Time Fantasy. Jose Ramirez just went deep his fourth tournament of the year as the Indians lead 8 nothing. I'll be back Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.